Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pollock and Thurston here on this Wednesday, June the 21st. Hello, Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm getting ready for a very busy weekend in Toronto, as we have uh, a lot uh, coming our way, including uh, Brandon Thurston, who will be crossing the uh, Canadian border. So all yes. the best uh, with that. It should be a rather headache-free experience for you, I would think. We'll be, we'll be doing WrestleNomics Radio at 11, as usual, and then like as soon as I'm done, in the car. There you go. From Buffalo to Toronto. Well, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Uh, Someone who will not be in Toronto this weekend, but he will be all over uh, the coverage of Forbidden Door and the follow-up to Collision, which is happening in Toronto. We welcome in the editor of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer. Dave, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Uh, we're, we're doing very well, as I would think that, uh, AEW okay. is today with the, uh, the collision number coming out. And we want to jump into that uh, right away with you and get some of your, um, immediate reactions to the number. 816,000 viewers on Saturday on TNT, a .33 in the demo, 430,000 viewers. That translates to they were behind the, uh, College World Series, uh, that was happening as well as the UFC fight night, the main card. I would say that Which, over, overall, .33. What's your reaction to that number? Okay. Well, I mean, the, the UFC main card was after they were over. So yes. they didn't even go. I mean, the UFC. And they, they beat the prelims hit, by a significant Yeah, they beat amount. the prelims by a lot. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, they beat UFC by a lot. But they should have beaten the prelims. I mean, like, you know, my, my reaction to the number was going to be pretty much the same no matter what it was because it really mm-hmm. matters. To me, what matters is where you are in a month. I mean, yeah. I, I would consider it. I mean, it's a good number. It's a, it's a you know, it could have been. It's It's a good number. It's. Um, you know, if you, if you can keep it at, I mean, my, my feeling is if you can keep it at 0.25, 0.26 on a consistent basis, it's a, it's a big hit considering what Saturday night competition is and Saturday's harder to draw than other nights of the week and everything. Um, but you know, I mean, we've seen this with so many shows, the premiere, there was a lot, a lot of hype for the show. It's punk's first time back. It's the uh, debut of the show. It was heavily hyped. So, I mean, I expected a really good number. And so, and, and so, you know, I mean, they should be happy with it and encouraged that it was a younger audience than, you know, they've been getting for the Friday show. And, um, you know, I mean, compared to the Friday show, of course it's big, but it was hyped so much bigger. So yeah, good first week, but, um, you know, did they make it harder for themselves, Dave, in the sense that tonight, you you know nothing for show number two and that follow up and tonight yes. you would think a lot of it should be all about Sunday and they have to balance both to retain this audience for Saturday or at least a strong percentage of it while also pushing this pay per view on Sunday and I, I think that that was a missed opportunity Saturday of not at least you know whatever the punk segment is on Saturday or making it clear punk is here on Saturday night and tonight obviously you you have to make that push for this both back to back nights this weekend. Yeah, and and Rampage will get like almost no push probably because no. um you know you've got you know I mean the pay per view should be the number one focus but yes you've got to tell people that, and you've got to have some big stuff 
And um, you have you probably should do some sort of a match that has an angle that pertains to the pay per view to tell you, hey, you got to watch this, you know, and um, you know maybe a, a contenders match or something. The winner gets something. I don't know, you know, but something something should be done on Saturday that pertains to the Sunday card. So, but also, but also, you know, like yeah, like so, Saturday's show this week can really really heavily hype Sunday because it's the next day. But you can't ignore that on Wednesday because. You know, Wednesday, more likely than not, the audience tonight will be a little bit bigger than Saturday, maybe not this week still. I think in the long run, the Wednesday audience will probably be the stronger audience of the two. But, you know, who knows? You know, um, night show. Um, but that, and has Punk been advertised for tonight, by the way? Because I, have, I haven't seen that. No, not yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it advertised, but that's, he, that's he, the scuttlebutt. Okay. He, I mean, I, I've heard I've, – I've only can say I've, I've heard from – Several wrestlers that he's on the show, so they certainly believe that he's on the show. And, um, you know, so that's, um, you know, I mean, he should be hyped then. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't throw him out there as a surprise, but, you know, because he, he, he should help ratings first time on a Wednesday. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm seeing what's behind you, Dave, right? I think we see the Showbuzz Daily chart in the background, which is very appropriate. Um, <laughs> I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, this was higher than I was expecting. And I, I mean, I totally agree with you that. What really matters is what this show is averaging months from now, because that's what's yeah. really going to that, that that's, that's what's really going to come into play when WBD assesses what's the value of this extra two hours sure. that that we're booking here. Um, but it was high. Yeah, I put out a poll a, a few days ago, and like over a thousand people voted for what it's worth, and, and everybody, the majority of people, were guessing something under three a point three zero for the demo, and it did a point three three. Um, I mean, you know, go go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like. It's better than I thought it would be. I mean, I, I figured it would do about what a dynamite does. So this is a little bit better than in the demo, at least it's a little bit better than what dynamite has done. I believe it's going back to March. You have to find to go back to March to find a three, three for dynamite. Yeah. It's, it's the high end. I mean, dynamite's usually been, you know, it's, I mean, dynamite's been pretty consistent between two, eight and three, three, you know, it's been the range. So it's the high end, but this was hype more than, than an average by, by far more than an average episode of dynamite and punk's return should have drawn. Um, well, I saw, I actually saw that poll that you did. And it reminded me because when I do similar stuff on pay-per-views, yes. I would say 95% gets low and usually very low. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think, um, I think people, um, I don't know if I, you know, I, I, whatever it is, I think that they expect, they just expect worse. You know, they just think this isn't doing well. They're being told by people this isn't doing well. And then it does well. And it's like after, you know, like, like after a couple of pay-per-views in a row that are that are all pretty consistent, when you think when people are telling you this build's been terrible, it's awful, and then the number comes up the same, you'd go like, "Hey, maybe this is just the number that they're going to be doing, you know?" And maybe the build isn't as bad as you think. We we maybe um, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes um, I mean, you have to, I mean, basically, you have to learn from from this stuff. And AEW is is pretty cons- you know they have a pretty consistent audience. And we don't know what that number is on Saturday, but, um, but I mean, like I expected a big number. I mean, I was look, Punk's first return. I felt, I felt a lot. Um, I saw the, the fact that they were, um, in the uh, Google charts, they were the 10th most searched thing and a regular television show never is. Um, you know, when, when it comes to wrestling, it, the UFC wasn't in the top 20. And, um, so I thought, Hey, you know, this is probably going to do, uh, pretty good but if you know again if it did a million viewers and everybody be doing cartwheels i would say the same thing you know i mean look the first episode of smackdown was almost four million viewers it was not indicative of anything um yeah. and, I guess, and i guess i think that like whatever it 
if it's higher, that's, that's low. It's not going to fall as far. You know, if this opened up and did, you know, 600,000 viewers or something like that, well, then, yeah, that, then that'd be concerning. It's, it's going to fall by a similar percentage. I, I feel like, you know, almost no matter where, where it starts. Um, but, but for this, this episode, there's a lot of younger viewership. Yeah. Um, it's not in my report, but this is a 45, uh, median age viewer was 45 for this episode. Which is, which, which is much Very lower than, 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 than almost any AEW television show all yeah. year, right? Dynamite was 50 last, last yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. For some comparison yeah. there. Yeah. Right, right. As we're looking ahead to this Sunday, Dave, what, what would your read be if we are in a position where this pay-per-view, there is a CM Punk and the Young Bucks, you would think in a normal world, these are both assets on your paper. Yes. Would you yes. expect both of them on this pay-per-view on Sunday? Because now we're getting into like this situation where you're potentially leaving money on the table, especially if you are figuring like a punk, is that what a 20% jump in buys? If he is on this show on Sunday, I if he is, if he is, he's got to be on the show. If you're going to figure punks worth 20%, then he needs to be on the show and they need to, uh, and it needs to be in a big match. Um, Omega's on the show anyway. We already know that. So there's no, um, you know, there's no reason for the Bucks not to be on the show. You're not accomplishing anything by doing that because Omega's already on the show. So as far as that decision-making process goes, um, look, they all should be on the show. And, you know, and eventually, again, it's like, are you really going to do Wembley with without Omega and the Young Bucks? I mean, that's no. ridiculous. Are you going to do it without Punk? That's ridiculous, too. So, um, yeah, they, you know, you can keep. The Young Bucks and, and, uh, Kenny off tonight's show and have Punk on. And, and it makes all the sense in the world. If, you know, if, if I am, you know, I'm, there's a lot of things that I would do completely different here. And I certainly wish, you know, that this thing had been settled, you know, on whatever September 4th, you know, as opposed to probably who knows when, if ever it would be settled, but you know, whatever the, the decision is to keep them part, but you can't. But I mean, as far as for tonight, yeah, they made the right call. Uh, to put Punk on in Chicago and have the other guys in a pre-tape. Um, but they're not on collision. I mean, they're not on, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, um, Young Bucks and, um, and, uh, Omega are not on collision live. They may do a pre-tape there. Um, but you know, it's like at some point you just got to go look, they're all top guys. And, um, and it's just, it's, it just feels, I mean, I, I know, I know there were people like that, you know, again, with Punk being on the show tonight, you know, one of the one people, you know, one of the top guys was just like, you know, we were, you know, told that we would not have to deal with Punk except for on pay-per-views. And it's like, but here he is week one. It's not like it's not like it's a surprise or anything. It's just, you know, these ideas change or what people are told change. And people are kind of like, this is the, the company. It's a new company. That's all there is. You know, that's how people view it. It's a new company. Um, You know, as far as business wise, what that means, we'll find out. And as far as morale wise, you know, it's, you know, um, it, it depends on how punk is, you know, punk needs to be magnanimous with everyone. And I think he will probably try at least with most, but, um, you know, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot of divisiveness that, you know, I, it's so frustrating to me because I see it so closely and it, I, I feel it shouldn't be there. And, you know, it's worse now than it's been, you know, I mean, it, it hasn't gotten better now. Right now it's, it's at a, a pretty bad point again. Is that since the promo on Friday since and the promo many days, since the, the promo since, has made things worse in Europe? Well, the promo in the ESPN story. Yeah. 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 Those, you know, every, I didn't hear, you know, nobody was really, it's like, okay, it's whatever. And then the ESPN story, which, um, you know, I mean, it was the talk of the locker room on Wednesday and, you know, which led to a lot of issues. And then 
the promo. Was it what they were expecting though? Because I mean, most people read it and expecting it to be controversial, and it was not not that controversial. I, I thought. Right. I I am of the impression that people were expecting worse um, than it turned out to be. But you still have people who are the people who really like Adam Page were not happy, you know. And I think there's this feeling of. Um, you know, everyone there is pretty much told, like, keep the stuff on the inside, on the inside, that if it gets out, it's not good for the company. Um, and then the feeling is, is that one side is agreeing to do that and the other side is not. But the thing is, is that on both sides, they think it's the other side. So it becomes like a really weird thing. But it's like, it's, it's, which side is which there? Well, you know, I mean, I, I know. You know, I, I mean, the one side's more public because, I mean, you know, Punk's the one who said this up publicly. But, I mean, the thing was when it comes to the, the ESPN story is, is that there's a lot of people who, you know, felt that Page should not have, you know, he shouldn't have gone after Page. Even if, even if privately he believed it, this wasn't the time to do it. And Page, you know, is not someone who's going to answer back. So he becomes, you know, the bad guy because he can't. I mean, he could, but he doesn't want to be, I mean, if you notice from the, from, from day one, Paige has never said a word about anything. Um, you know, and, and he's a focal point of the story. And the reason is, is because, you know, he feels the best thing is to not say anything. And by doing that, I think that, you know, people have looked at, and go, oh, did he really, you know, whatever, or that, that, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's become a tough thing and it makes it, it, it makes it a tough work environment when one, one side will, will go after the other and the other side is not saying anything, which has to frustrate them because they can't say anything or they feel it's best not to. And then now they're the victims and, you know, it's, it's just a tough situation. But yes, Saturday people, um, you know, it was like one of those things of, uh, both sides were told as far as the young bucks. I mean, like, like there was the feeling that he went after Paige because he's friends with the young bucks and he had signed a thing where he couldn't go after the young bucks. And then, on Saturday, on Collision, there's the line, you know, and you can take it a million ways, and um, it's ambiguous and all that. But if you are looking at it going like, well, he's not supposed to, and he did, then you could say that. And if you just go, ah, it's just a line, and who cares? You can look at it that way. There's two ways of looking at that. I mean, I, I mean, when I heard the line, my my thought was is uh, about the counterfeit bucks, the counterfeit bucks. But my, when I when I heard the line, you know, I'm one Bill Phil. It's like, okay, is he acknowledging? Does, does he know something that you and I don't know about? Did, this did he one? confirm the TV deal? Is what we want to know. Maybe, maybe right, Jerry right, right. Pivot asked uh, Phil about uh, about this before they put that in the uh, the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, but I know, really, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like it's like, is this story true, or is he just, you know, making something up? Like, like, uh, you know, taking this story that 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 you know, and, you know, you and I have not been able to confirm, as far as I know, you know, and I've heard the rumors you know, for whatever, for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks and, and, you know, all that about this, the $1 billion deal. And he's out there essentially saying this and on their TV, when Tony, you know, is like, we can't you know, talk not, about the television contract. We like, can't talk about, we can't talk about it. And here he is saying this to put himself over. And it's like, is this a true story or is he just, you know, I don't, I mean, I, and I don't know the answer. In, in the logic of like how much, if, if I'm WBD and I'm going to pay, a lot of money for this, these series of TV shows. I, I can't imagine committing to a number before knowing what collision does on average. You know, I, would, so I, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're buying an empty box. What's, what is this show going to do? 
Right. Like if it's going to do a 0.17 or a 0.26, you know, in, in television, that's a giant difference, especially going forward. So yeah, if, um, yeah, as far as like committing to a number, I mean, you've got to know what the, the value of the show is. So, so it's like my gut, you know, not knowing anything is that from their standpoint, they'll probably, you know, it'll be something for a year from now or whatever. Yeah, a year from now is probably or or, or 10 months from now is where you're really going to get into that stuff. So any number, you know, un- unless they've already agreed to something or keeping it quiet, um, it feels like any number would be something that would be determined based on more than anything collision. Because I think we know, um, I, I think that, that Dynamite's pretty consistent where it is. And I don't know that it's, could it drop a little bit because there's two shows possibly? Possibly. And, and Rampage too, I think, you know. Rampage, I think, is going to get killed. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I, I don't anticipate it building from where it is because it, it, it can't. If you're, if you, you only have so many hours and Rampage is very clearly going to be the C show. So, so, and not even like, again, on Wednesday nights, um, we saw it last week on Wednesday. They barely promoted Rampage, which is funny because the number was, was higher than it's been. But I mean, it was barely touched on. It's like you, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't have any hype for that weird mixed match. You, um, they kind of mentioned at the end, Will Ospreay would be on the show, but not even talking about the match. I didn't even, you know, from watching the TV, I wouldn't have even known that there was a Takeshi to Bandito match. Not that that's a big marketable match, but it's a match on paper. That's, that's a great match. So as, as, as far as like where AEW gets valued in, in the next round, I could see, and, and I guess just for background, you know, we, I think we both asked Tony in press conferences, whether there's a new deal or whether basically he said that it's just an extension. It's just the, there's extra money, but it's the same term. So this is still a deal that's ending either this year or next year. It sounds like option is probably going to happen. And that's going to mean it's going to end at the end of 2024. Um, End of September. So is it September? Okay. Yeah. 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 The the deal's Um, at the end of September. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, a billion dollars that's, that would supposedly be over, to four or five years. Anyway, it comes out to about $200 million average annual value. And that does, especially if we're talking two hours of dynamite, one hour of rampage, two hours of collision, a total of five hours weekly. Um, and it's, and if collision, I mean, it ranks number three among cable originals on Saturday. If it continues to do fairly well, I'm sure it's not going to do in the, it's, I'm sure it's not going to do like the number three or maybe not even in the top five, but maybe it stays in the top 10. And if dynamite continues to perform as well as it has been roughly, I could see this being $200 average annual value. If, if you compare it to like just where SmackDown is right now, just with its two hours, and yes, it's got about double the viewership. Um, but that's about $205 million average annual value. So I could see it's not, it's, it, it's not unrealistic in other words. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. You know, um, if you compare it to, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and, and there's other things too. I mean, there's the, the, the pay per view, um, What's and there's the next day rights to play with here, and maybe something happens with yeah. pay per view even. Yeah, you, you you know, like like could could you do the pay per view deal the way the WWE does, and those pay per views are worth something, um, you know, considerable. Um, you could you could you you know you can always do streaming specials. Um, I don't know that you really need them when you've got three TV shows a week, but you know, again, maybe two. You know, he says um, he's still going to do Battle of the Belts too. I saw. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I don't know what the you know again. It's whatever. It's um, but you know, I mean, again, there, there, there are numbers. I mean, like the number for this, I mean, they were doing between a 0.11 and a 0.14 on Saturday nights with whatever they were putting on in that time slot. So even if we figure a normal fall, they're going to be way above what the station was doing. So 
on Wednesday night, they're beating what the station's going to do with Big Bang Theory. Um, on, um, you know, on, on, um, Saturday, they're beating what they would probably do with movies. On Friday, I don't know. You know, Fridays, uh, there's some weeks where they're probably not doing much better, but most weeks I think they're doing a little better. So they're above what the, the station's doing. So they have a, you know, they have a value there. Um, three shows a week, you know, um, look, the, the thing is, if, if, if they do 175, 200 million, um, the, the key to all that is, um, it's, it's, it becomes, the company becomes a giant success financially for Tony. Tony's investment in the long run pays off. Uh, Tony's commitment pays off. And, you know, all the people who were expecting him to go belly up are wrong because they won't go belly up with a deal at that level. And, do, um, you know, do unless you see this as sort of, CM Punk's swan song is this being like a last run. You get this company, this transformative deal. Like he's 44 at this point. He's yeah. gone through, you know, the wear and tear of wrestling, much less those years of training MMA at this level. We've seen the injuries of the last year. Like, mm-hmm. Are you looking at this as sort of, this is kind of CM Punk's final, you know, big contribution to pro wrestling and leaving on this note with launching them on a Saturday night. It's, He's going to be the difference maker if this is going to be a success on Saturday. Um, I'm sure that that will be something that he would, um, like to do. Um, and I think and he knows very well that the leverage he has here, like you could he argue tremendous. he is the most he, important person in either company when it comes to these contract years. When like, it comes to, when it comes to leverage, he has incredible leverage, you know, and I, and, and he knows that and he knows it because, you know, things have happened in the last couple of months and, um, you know, look, AC is back. Ace Steel's back in the company. And I mean, that tells you everything about the leverage that he has. Because do you think that, that again, the majority of people in that dressing room, you know, and, and granted, he couldn't get a Steel in the dressing room, but he did get him hired. But people who, you know, know what happened with a Steel and everything, I don't think anyone ever expected a Steel to be back with, with AEW. And he was. And, you know, and that's another story because of, you know, he was and it was, pretty much kept secret. I mean, um, and even, you know, and, you know, it, it, it's this balancing act that, that Tony's been trying to do. And, um, it's tough, you know, trying to be, trying to placate everybody. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, and keep things and keep us from knowing everything. And it's, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's a really the, interesting the promo, situation. Dave, is, like coming out of that promo, the focus was the Bucks line. It was secondary to like the idea of this like dueling champions on two shows program. And you have, if you're, you are hoping to lessen the focus on this, it is more heightened than ever because when you hear that line, the audience is now directed in this is where this is naturally going. And that's going to just resurface and the questions are just going to reemerge because now you've, your own performer has introduced it on TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you are a wrestling fan and you do not follow us, or even if you do, you're thinking like, you know, I mean, even look, even me, I'm, I'm, you know, when, when it was over, it's like, Hey, did, did something happen in the last two days? And, it, and then it was, no, it didn't. And then it's like, then why did he do it? And it's because, and the answer is because he can, right? He, he can't. If they were to do the same thing, um, on the next promo, which they won't. Um, you know, would they be sat down? And I don't know. Maybe Tony would go, well, it's just retribution and this is all fun and games and it's causing controversy. I don't know what Tony's going to do. You know, I mean, everybody promised to do something and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a really weird situation. 
is there any chance of Punk uh, being at the press conference Sunday night? If he's on this pay-per-view, you figure he's going over, and do you put him in, in that setting, or is that the last thing you're thinking about doing this this weekend? <laughs> I think I, I think that he would put him in that setting, and who knows where that will go. Um, but um, if he wins, you know, if he's in a position, look, he's on the show, he's going to win a match. I mean, it, beating him would be insane. Um, I actually heard a really great idea from one of our listeners of the idea of MJF no showing as he is threatened. Oh, that's right. Your stand in champion of punk, you get your Tanahashi match with punk and, and that's your, your involvement. I just would not do that as a surprise if punk is wrestling Sunday night. Yes. I have had several people speculate that to me. So it's, it's, I think it's, I think between that belt and the MJF no showing thing, I think people have tried to put one and one together. And, and, you know, I mean, look, when, when the first person who told me that, I said, you know what? That, that's a possibility. I could see that. I could see that. But here's the thing. It's like, um, you know, uh, what Punk said, I don't know how much of that has to do with storyline. Some of it does, some of it doesn't. Um, and that becomes, you know, it's like, is that just something that he, you know, that he said? Um, because as far as like him and, you know, it, it, when, when the thing was over, it's like, oh, you know, him and MJF probably, right? And then it's like, oh, it's not as sure as you think. So, the, the I mean, eventually they, hours. It, eventually they have to do it though. But, you know, was it supposed to be on this, on this interview? Um, I've had people tell me that maybe it wasn't. So, but the, you know, the, thing I mean, the quarter hours is that the promo, which was, Vaguely about the elite and a little bit about MJF, right? Nothing about Samoa Joe. Um, and, and, and nothing about Jay and Juice, but, but the, the match did quite well in the quarter hours. It, it, uh, it was the yeah. peak for the demo. So more, there was more viewership in the demo for the match, for the main event yeah. match than for the promo itself. Yes. Well, I think that there's probably, um, you know, the curiosity of what's going to look like in the ring. You know, it's the first time. It was a good. Match. So, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, hey, look, it's positive when the, when the, you know, when it comes to the AEW usual pattern, it's very rare. It happens on occasion, but you know, it's very rare where the, usually the, 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 um, final two quarters are the two lows. Um, and this one, which it's also a different night. I think Saturday dynamics are different from Wednesday. No and work. This for doesn't the next have day. the big bang theory starting out high for those early right. quarters and then sliding after. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, that's not so much on the demo. You know, cause the demo, True. the demo peak is usually not quarter one. The, the viewer peak very often right. is the demo peak could be quarter two, three, four. Um, but it's usually in two, three, two, three, four or five. Um, you know, it's usually not in, in seven or eight. Um, but, um, yeah, the, um, I mean, yeah, that was, that was good. And I mean, the one thing that, that was, that really impressed me or surprised me or whatever that I really took notice of was punk and Joe when they first, we're about to clash and the place went nuts. And my thought was, is like everything you hear and everything you, you know what I mean? About like, Oh, it's the casuals and this and that. And it's like, this is, this is 9,000 people in Chicago and granted it's, it's a punk city, but, um, they all watch the ROH DVDs. They knew. Well, whatever it, whatever it is, that's, this is a feud from 18 to 20, 18 to 20 years ago. Um, it did hit Chicago and it probably drew, you know, 500 people in Chicago 18 to 20 years ago. They were not on TV. It was not a big television feud and they went in there and everybody knew about Punk and Joe. So that tells you that this, you know, which is so long ago and, and emotionally they reacted to it. It's not like I read it in the history books 20 years ago. The reaction was so big. So it tells you 
that there is an awareness of by this audience that is far more than most people will expect at least at least with me like like if it was one of those things where yeah there was, there was a there was a pop to some people yeah i I knew that that would happen, but when it's as big as it was, it's telling you that there is a knowledge of CM Punk and Samoa Joe and the program, and that program is that they didn't even do it in that program wasn't even in TNA on television on Spike. I mean, this program was no television. It was Ring of Honor. It was the the early years of Ring of Honor, long before the peak of Ring of Honor. You know, years you know, which was many many years later. And there you go. What's your thought on a Saturday Night Collision in Toronto when this date was first announced? I thought this show was. Easily good for 7,000 people. We currently stand at just under 4,500. There has been some reductions in, uh, in, in ticket pricing. Um, what, what's just your thought on like some of the, the softer ticket sales in Canada outside of Forbidden Door? Um, look, I think people didn't know what collision was. And I think that now, I mean, the one thing is, is like now, I mean, you know, look, look, like a two weeks ago, it was 1500, you know, yeah, so if it's if been a big boost, this yeah, if they're going to go in there with five to 6,000 people, now I consider that a big, big success. And yeah, some of it's reducing prices and some of it is the expectation of punk. And look, it shows that he can draw. Um, and you know, you didn't know you didn't, I mean, like when he was there the first time, um, at the beginning, yeah, all business was good. And then it, business was starting to normalize. And I mean, I remember when, when they announced, um, in Chicago, I think it was, and granted there was a blizzard, but, um, I think that, um, you know, they did the, the, the MJF and, and punk match in Chicago before to build the, the, the uh, dog collar match. And I thought, okay, now with that match that had been built so big on television added to interest, they'll, they'll fill interest and they didn't. Um, you know, it didn't even move a lot, you know, like we've seen so many times where there's a big match announced on, on, um, you know, the week before on a Wednesday for the next Wednesday and it's real big and the ticket sales don't really move that much. And I'm going like, God, it's a big match. So it's kind of like, you know, you go in there with, um, you know, the people who want to buy, buy right away. And then you, you trickle in from there. And of late, somewhat because of the lower, lowering of the ticket prices, we are getting a more of a WWE pattern where, there's a lot of buys in the last week or a lot of comps in the last week in some cases too. And I, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the latest numbers. I'm looking at them now for collision and Toronto is at 4,800. That's, um, that's good compared to two weeks ago. Hamilton, which, which is the one that was at 800 or so mm-hmm. is now at 1600. So it's, it's, I mean, it's still under 2000, but it has doubled at least. And these are, yeah, these but, are all up, updates since, since uh collision has aired. Yeah. But, but, but the, one of the things we don't know is, is what are paid and what are comps true you know on the because they 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 the number of comps for AEW. i mean it used to be two and three hundred you know a week and um it's it's considerably higher you know on um, a lot of these wednesdays um i mean it's still you know i mean uh, but, but there's a lot of cities that had very weak advances you know collision in toronto being one of them where um it ends up respectable so it's like i'm not so much you know but but again like yeah what you said is is it going to be as good as the Toronto number, if you're telling, talking to me about this, like, yeah, I would have Toronto with CM Punk first time the pay-per-view sold out. Yeah. I would have expected, um, seven to 9,000, right? 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah. Do you uh, throwing punk out of the mix on Sunday night? It, do you have like um, a, a viewpoint on the, the buys for this show? I, I'm pretty high on what this show is going to do. Like, I don't see it. Uh, I certainly see it topping last year's number and p- potentially by a considerable margin. I think like there's a big intrigue in this show. And especially if you do a last minute angle with, with punk, I think that only uh, exceeds the I mean, potential last ceiling. is about, about 140 or so when you count yeah, all the 140 ish. New yeah. Japan world. Is this, is this also on New Japan world this year? I believe so. I, I, um, I actually don't wish for sure. Um, you might, you might maybe check on that. I thought when they announced Osprey and Omega and Danielson and Okada that it would be a very good number. I thought it would be the biggest number since, uh, what was it be? The, um, double or nothing from 2022, right? The hangman and, uh, punk match. I thought it would be the biggest, but I've not been overwhelmed by the build. You know, I mean, tonight's obviously the, the, you know, the real, a real key night because now it's like we've got those two matches and there's, you know, we haven't seen Okada on TV and he's not, a, you know, I mean, I presume he'll be on tonight. He should be. Um, and you know, we, but we've seen no real back and forth other than Danielson doing some promos and it's, it's very much a, a hardcore fan match, which is a big, a much bigger, uh, percentage of the buys than people, you know, um, uh, you know, give it credit for, for, but, uh, Omega and Osprey has had the one, the one thing on TV last week that was very strong, but we need promos back and forth. And, and that's not happening tonight because we know Omega's not there. Um, it is listed on New Japan World as a pay-per-view, by the way. Okay. So, so the thing is, so those first two matches to me were super strong and I thought, yeah, way above, but I haven't seen, you know, like the other stuff, like Sonata and Jungle Boy to me is just, it's just a match. It doesn't mean anything big or not. I mean, in the ring, I think it'll be a good match, but, um, and then MJF and Tanahashi, the, you know, the tagline on that is, is that MJF is threatening not to show up. So I don't think that that is a great lure to sell, to, to get people to buy the show. And we haven't had an undercard. And I mean, that's the thing. It's like, who's Moxley wrestling? Who are the Young Bucks wrestling? Who is Jericho wrestling? And I mean, all of those things, um, you know, it, it's, you know, who is, you know, Whatever, you know, I mean, this is a really busy show tonight, Dave. When tonight's you got things answer. that are listed, like this blind draw tournament draws thrown in there and stuff. Yep. I mean, it's just like this seems like a really packed episode where again, I, like I'm basing my optimism really on those top two matches and the potential of a, of a punk match because I think that's what, that's what's either selling people on the show or not. It's not like last year where it was this fully fleshed out card. And I mean, that one had its criticism going into it, but a lot of it. it, 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 it yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it must be, you know, punks on the show. I mean, they, I mean, I was expecting for, um, Saturday night. I mean, I was expecting the tag match to end and a stare down between, cause I didn't expect somebody to go and beat up punk on night one and, and, you know, on night one, but I did expect somebody to pop out at the end of that show, whether it was Kenta or whether it was somebody even, or, or just a video of a Japanese guy, you know, who wasn't there and, you know, Ishii or, you know, Minoru Suzuki, who we know who was on the show tonight, mm-hmm. you know, just these different guys 
um, someone to go in there and, and give you the punk match because I, I think that with the punk match, yeah, I think we get to 160, right? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, it's, it's all dependent on, it's, it's all dependent, but I haven't seen like, like to me of the, of the four matches that have been announced as far as the stuff that's been said and done and angle to really hype me more than the announcement of the match itself on that Dominion show. I haven't seen it yet, but it, you know, obviously tonight is super important and Saturday is super important because that's, those are the key shows to really hype those buys. So, you know, an, an evaluation of how the show does is probably best, uh, for, for tomorrow or, or maybe late Saturday night. But I, I do think it should be last year just based on those two for top two matches. Yeah. Before we let you go here, Dave, we do have one uh, question coming in from a listener uh, who just wanted to ask a bit about the MLW case. And mm-hmm. with a judge believing it has merit to go to trial, do you guys think that the U.S. government will look into an antitrust case against WWE? So pretty like overarching question. But I know you, you've spoken about this in terms of just following the uh, the antitrust case with the, with the UFC over the last uh, decade. Um Were you surprised, first of all, at sort of the reversal of the judge's decision last week that really just backed all of the MLW claims after it seemed like this thing was just holding on by a thread a month prior. Yeah, I was really surprised. Um, I mean, I would have, it wouldn't have stunned me for the case not to have been thrown out, but yeah, I mean, he basically almost threw it out the first time. And when I read the amended complaint, it was like, this isn't that much different other than the, you know, it's funny because the reels thing, the peacock thing, for this case, you know, it's, it was bad for MLW because they seemingly have lost reels, but it was great for the case because now it's like, um, yeah, that, that clause in the WWE thing of nobody, you know, being of, of complete exclusivity, um, absolutely hurt the, you know, the competition that had a deal. Um, you know, you, you know, that, that's, that's whether it's enough to win a lawsuit that I don't know, you know, but, but it absolutely gives the case more uh, sizzle or whatever. But the way that when I read the judge's ruling itself and Brandon, you know, you let me know what you think. When I read the ruling, I was, it, it, it felt like the judge was like, you know what? Um, I mean, it was on, on, on every, like, like the judge didn't really go back and forth. I mean, it was just like, yes, this has merit. Yes, this has merit. Yes, this has merit, you know? Um, and, you know, McDivitt wrote, what I thought were some pretty compelling arguments against it. And he threw, he threw all of them out with no reservation. Yeah. And to be clear, it's, it's not the judge saying, I agree with MLW's arguments, but yes. just saying that this is good enough to go to trial and, and to go right. to discovery will be next. Um, it could, it probably doesn't hurt that this is in California. And, you know, the, I've talked to a couple lawyers about this case and, and at least one person thinks that, you know, this being in California will make it an easier case to get through for, for MLW just because I guess they have supposedly more liberal judges. Um, but one of the big arguments in, in the case is whether or not there's a, a market here that WB supposedly has a monopoly on. And WB's argument was that there is no pro wrestling media rights market. And of course, MLW is arguing that there is. And, and that seems to be the key decision that the judge had to make was that yes there is even though it is a small niche market there is a a relevant what they call a relevant market for this case which is the pro wrestling media rights market in the united states um you know wb was trying to argue that there's look zombie shows literally zombie shows are mentioned in in, uh, wb's filings uh there's all these different programs that we're competing with and 
I'm not a legal expert, but the judge thought that MLW's case about that point was compelling enough to let it go. Yeah. One of the things too is if AEW gets that deal that Punk alluded, you know, allegedly or seemed to allude to, I think that really helps WWE's side. Yeah. And interestingly, WWE tried to say in, in their filing that, Hey, look, AEW has a new deal worth $240 million a year, which is, yeah, is not a true story as far as I know. And, uh, you know, MLW did dispute that already though. Yeah. Yeah. And then there, you know, I've heard people go like, you know, what is that? What, how does the judge look at that, 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 that kind of a thing where it's like they threw something out and even though they qualified it by saying it's been reported, um, I mean, they threw, they threw something out that as best we can tell, was not true. Right. And, uh, you know, again, in, with the judge in court arguing that in, in your a, attempt to throw it out, that probably didn't help them. No, I, I, I don't think at all. Um, but it is one that as well, like as Brandon mentions, the next step being discovery. Is that where WWE sort of just let's, let's just get this away because we do not want to go and take that, that next step I- into this. But that is sort of where this is kind of on the doorstep of and that becomes very interesting if we if we get into that level of you know granularity when it comes to these i don't know if we'll be able to seal and keep from the public as they might be able to submit some things into discovery but not necessarily have to make them public so people like us can see them um but we could i don't know i the thing that that comes to mind first for me is are we going to see tv rights contracts be a part of discovery um and oh i think for whether sure there is exclusivity clauses in these in these deals yeah. and yeah. is there anything here that w would would rather pay the cost of settling versus let that stuff be public well and here's the other one is just like um how much of contract information with the talent will be out because like with with the ufc lawsuit i mean as far as like how much certain people made is not exactly it's not it's not specified they were able to keep that much um you know individual you know individual things quiet to a degree but they still were able to get you know like that that brock lesnar made eight million dollars for the mark hunt fight which nobody knew and that did come out in discovery um you know and and it was not like brock lesnar made eight million but it was like there was a fighter at ufc 200 who made eight million and obviously that's brock lesnar so you know there are there are and also you know things that you know, um, Conor McGregor didn't up to that point in time when the last round of discovery was talking, which is a few years back, that Conor had never actually made over eight million when a lot of people thought he had made far more. Um, and he had certainly claimed that he had. So it's like, um, how much of that will come out? How much will it, you know, how, but I mean, as far as like the percentage or, or the, the total number as far as of pay that they give to the talent of their total revenue, I mean, that, did come out in the UFC case. And I think that that probably will come out in this case as far as, is it 8%? Is it 12%? Is it 15%? You know, I think that we will know that. I think there's a lot of things like that that will, you know, contracts, I think, you know, right TV rights contracts, I think we'll, we'll get a lot of, or, you know, WWE will settle. I mean, one of the things is, is that if this was a Vince McMahon decision, I think that there'd be a part of Vince, you know, knowing Vince that, that he would want to fight it and win. And with it, but is Ari Emanuel going to have that same thought process, especially in, in the case of the, you know, look, they're, they're, they've got two companies that both have antitrust lawsuits against each other and they're trying to merge them, even though they're in separate fields, they're sort of, there's, you know, it's like, then how does that look? 
So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of interesting things that can happen out of the case. And, you know, the dynamic of, dude, we just pay to make it go away. Um, which they didn't do with the UFC one, but with the UFC one, the amount of money to pay to make it go away is astronomical. I think it's far more than in this case. So the fact that they have not paid for the UFC case to go away, um, is, is something, you know, I mean, it's the decisionary made and, and we'll have to, um, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's something, but I think that in this one, I don't think that, you know, again, the, the amount that they would have to pay to make it go away is not nearly as much. So maybe that will happen. Um, you know, cause you know, but, and the other part of that with the, with the Kung case, you know, the, the, the UFC cases, things gone on for like 10 years, you know, and it's like, is this thing going to go on forever and ever? And I, I think that one of the reasons I think it's gone on is because, um, I mean, the judge is, is I think the judge just doesn't want to make any rulings because it's, uh, um, you know, it's if he does in precedent, if you know, they, they, they come down and in, in favor of the, of the fighters and what that potentially opens up to, because then you have the, the carry on case with like the Cajun Johnson one that cut carries up until um, right. modern day fighters yeah. as well. And right. as you've alluded to as well, like this it very much mirrors the WWE's system of operation and whether yeah. there would be that grouping that would see that connect the dots and want to move forward with something like that. But it's a very, very long road uh, for that, but probably would be a lot lesser of a path. If you have that precedent out there. Um, the precedent, the precedent from UFC uh, would open up WWE or close up WWE, you know, from, for that um, one way or another. And I thought like, you know, this is something I thought had been settled years and years ago. And um, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know how a court case goes for 10 years, but this one has. Last thing, uh, just as you brought up his name, uh, does it stun you that, you know, we went through the whole Dana White um, incident with his wife after New Year's Eve. And last night, Conor McGregor's on ESPN for an hour. And it just seemed as though, like, I, I didn't see any sort of, like, real uh, complaints or outrage about this. It was as though, like, I haven't seen ESPN address the situation in any fashion at all. And just... When you read that, like the man is innocent until proven guilty, but given the pattern of all the different allegations and this being the latest one, and here yeah. he is, like this is not like some obscure network he's on. It's on ESPN, and it just seems as though it's whatever. If it's under the radar or just I'm when we see the fear that Dana White received um in the Connor thing, it just seemed to be the opposite. Yeah, and the Connor charges are a million times more serious, too. Um <laughs> I don't, um, it's, 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 look, the, the Dana thing amazed me, you know, as far as like, you know, and, and we've seen, look, we've seen it with Floyd too. You know, I, I, for whatever reason, um, the standards that wrestling fans have want to have on wrestlers are so much more stringent than if you look at, um, you know, a lot of real sports and, and, and stars and things like that who can get away with a lot. Um, and in rest, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, put it this way. Many, many, many careers in wrestling have been um, destroyed for less than what Connor is alleging. And if and if something happened with someone in wrestling who was uh, a minor character or even a somewhat major character, and this story broke the way it did, they'd be gone. Like I like if this story broke with you know, and and even even a major guy, I think they'd be they'd be gone until at least 
they were exonerated. And, um, but you know, UFC, it's completely different. Ain't going to hold up Connor fighting. I mean, I knew that right away. And yeah, there's, they, he's on the reality show. No one's saying, no one's saying a word. Um, you know, I mean, the case, and the case is out there. Look, the, the case is getting more pub than, than a, a case with any pro wrestler would get. Or, or, you know, maybe, maybe one or two of the top, you know, pro wrestlers would, would perhaps be different, but almost any. Um, but yeah, it's business as usual. And, uh, you know, I'm, and, and, um, you know, the nature of it's an interesting story because some of the charges and everything like that and the videos are out and everyone can jump on the videos and everything. And it's like, uh, um, it's a, it's a, it's a confusing case. It's not a slam dunk case, put it that way, where you look at it. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, there's no one, no one putting him on hold either. Well, Dave, uh, thank you as always. Uh, you're very generous with your time, uh, jumping on with us. Of course, you can follow all of his work in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, uh, as well as uh, plenty of, uh, audio shows with Brian Alvarez up at WrestlingObserver.com. It's a very busy weekend coming up. So all the best to you, Dave. And, um, and a trip to England coming up soon. So you'll yeah, have to yeah. get that. That, that should be another, uh, insane week for you. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot going on next couple of months. Like I've been saying all along, next couple of months are going to be really, really interesting. I think there's a very pivotal, very pivotal period. Um, the next four to six months in the long term or in the long term history of pro wrestling. Um, I mean, between of, the two television contracts and yep. the merger, it's, I mean, it's, it's a gigantic, um, yep. series yep. of like months coming up in over the next 12 for sure. Yeah. Dave, thanks as always. Uh, hope we can do this again with you uh, sometime and all the best. Okay. Thank thanks you very Dave. much. Yep. Good to see you, Brian. Brandon. Brandon Thurston joining yeah. us here. Hello. Um, so there we have, uh, Dave Meltzer joining us from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Always great to uh, catch up with him as well. Uh, Brandon. You are going to be making your way up to Toronto. What are kind of your feelings on Forbidden Door going into the show? Do you, th- does this feel like a, uh, like a big show? The lineup going in is, is stronger than last year's Forbidden Door. And for, for that reason, I would think this is going to do a little bit better than what last year's Forbidden Door did. There's no punk on that show last year. There may or may not be punk this, this year. Even if there's not, I think that the two headline matches, Omega and Osprey, um, is Punk a medium difference, a big difference? Yeah, like if, if he is he's a medium difference, he's a medium yeah. difference. I mean, let's think about like what was the last pay-per-view that he was on. He was on all out and all that out. did like 140 maybe. And so I think the new Japan element adds something extra here. And yeah, I think, I think the, the Brian and Okada match, the Osprey and, and Kenny Omega match, that's, that's bigger than anything that was on, um, for Bindor last year. Yes, I, I would definitely say, I, I would say both those two matches to me feel like, like last year was, you know, the main event was Moxley and Tanahashi, not their, not their first choice with the punk injury, but yeah, they I would say at each other for forever and people bought that pay-per-view. That's said. right. We had the, uh, the, the forever <laughs> stare down, uh, going into that, that show. Maybe, but I think it's we'll... a, it's a bigger lineup. And I know a lot of what drove Forbidden Door to do well was some of those late buys. That's what really put, puts it over the edge, right? And they've got to deliver a great show and. We got two, two top line matches that are certainly capable of doing that. And you have not contributed to this boost in Hamilton numbers. You, you and Gallo no, are not, are not making the trip to Hamilton. I've not contributed to, to the, uh, the Hamilton WrestleTix count. No. no. Have you been following any dark side of the ring? Have you watched any of the episodes this season? I just saw the Matt Bourne one last night. This was, uh, I quite a, quite a strange episode. Uh, we will talk about it, uh, more tonight on. Have, have you seen the, the, the SmackDown quarter hours? 
Um, why don't you go over them uh, yes. with us if, if you, if you so, so choose? So the, this was not at the level of the thousand day celebration, but the show built around Jay Uso's decision. Uh, it was another very, very strong number. Number one on television Friday night on Fox. Right. So, so the, the last big one was that the previous week where two weeks ago was the thousand day episode, right? The thousand day celebration and that got up to something like 2.9 million viewers. Um, so not, not quite three, but almost this was. 2.765 million viewers total. Uh, in a demo, it did 0.76. Uh, this is a, a huge quarter. Uh, the, the previous quarter did 2.3 million viewers. This did just over 2.7 million viewers. So that's, that's a 19% quarter to quarter difference. Um, the demo. I think was there was an entire quarter dedicated to Roman just walking down to the ring for that, that entrance. Well, I they, mean, they, it was they, like a 10 minute entrance. Even longer then. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's like, it's another data point telling you this bloodline storyline is doing really, really well. And there's just no denying it. No. Does it, do you think it is, is changed at all people's perception coming out of WrestleMania that there seemed to be such a um, response to the, the title change? And while I, it's sort of incomplete because we don't know what a Cody Rhodes winning the big match, wh- what that impact would have, would have been. But certainly this has not hurt the company in any way. And it feels like this bloodline story, um, it's found it's, it's next chapter that has been very engaging for the audience. The numbers are clearly uh, backing that up. Like this is the thing that is the, the clear number one story in pro wrestling. So right, I, I guess screen. The question is, if he, if Roman loses the title to Cody at WrestleMania, you could still tell the story. The, the title isn't necessary for the story. You don't get to call it the 1,000-day title celebration or whatever. Um, but you could still do the story and the will-they-won't-they they stay together and all that stuff. Um, is it as big of a deal? Is there, are there as many viewers if he doesn't have the title? Probably close. It's probably still pretty big. It might not be as big because he doesn't feel as important if he's not keeping the title. Um and what, what's, what's the trade-off then? Does Cody, Cody score ours and then that rating do a little bit better? I, I don't know, but it's, it's not obvious to me and it's on its face a big success. Also coming up over the, uh, the next couple of days, uh, Thursday, Tony Khan will be doing his regular, uh, conference call with members of the media and we will see what, what, what is asked and what, what is covered in that. And then on Sunday, uh, at the press conference, what is your expectation of any interesting figures that make their way onto the dais in front of the, the media? If I'm Tony Khan, I do not want CM Punk up there. Um, I think it, I like there's part of it where you, you watch his public <laughs> demeanor that it just seems he wants to be so far distanced from this, but he can't help himself in these situations that to create these like spectacles. Uh, you're talking about Punk or Tony? Uh, Tony. It just seems that though, like, would it stun me? No. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it would probably be the last thing I, I would want coming out of, uh, Sunday. Not to say that you'd next necessarily get a replication, but you also can't disqualify that, that either. If he is just put in front of the media and you know the questions he is getting in that setting and, and who he maybe picks out from there that he is going to just make his assumptions of, uh, who knows who. I mean, I have to think he's under, something like an NDA or something like that, that he can't say certain things about certain people. And we've seen Tony jump through hoops about, you know, that subject about the, the fight. Um, that would be my first question then. Right. Right. Are you um, under what, an NDA? Are you under an NDA? Uh, are you under an NDA uh, to cover your NDA? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it depends on if, if he wrestles and there's no, you know, not, no confirmation he's going to wrestle. 
I, I just, it's not worth the risk to me to put them up there, right? Like it, it, it'll, there'll be some benefit in getting people talking and getting attention in media stories, mostly through the wrestling media, as, as long as he doesn't go too far, um, uh, of, of having him there. But the, the risk is far greater, right? Is the risk is, you know, tearing apart your morale of your locker room again. I thought that you guys had a really great discussion on WrestleNomics this past week in regards to sort of the, the coverage of this story and just a larger one when it comes to wrestlers, officials being on the record. And you're never going to have a, a system where that is like a, a, that clear level of transparency. But I do feel there's enough room in between what we operate today in and what is achievable that is both having a dialogue out there that there's a level of transparency that I think does boost a lot of trustworthiness worthiness in your audience that you are hearing directly. And I would say in this case, I mean, would there have been this grand harm in having uh comments in terms of like Kenny Omega and the Bucks did not speak to Mark Ramondi in the ESPN article. Like this thing is not working itself out. Dave is mentioning the fact it is worse now since Friday than it had been prior. And it just seems to me like there is I think certainly more of a discussion to be had that there are areas of this industry that still exist in the just everything is off the record or it is just clo- just cloaked in supreme secrecy, which some of the most mundane news items that you are provided is off the record. You can't talk about this. this is, you can't, can't ever, uh, share this with, with anybody. And it just seems like, like that's- I think part of the fear is that if I'm on the record talking to so and so wrestling journalist, you know, and nobody else is. Does that make me, everybody points at me as being the source of, of all, all this information and, and stuff like that, I guess. Um, well, they can certainly guess who's, who's talking to who. Um, but th- there's, there's two factors that are happening here, right? It's, one is just the, the legacy of the kayfabe and, the, you know, protect the business. And the other, the other factor is, is the quality of the wrestling media and the, the semi-professional amateur, uh, you know, quality of, of the wrestling media where you've got, you know, unless it's ESPN where, you know, Mark Ramondi will do an article. He works for ESPN and everybody knows what the ESPN brand means. And people like CM Punk will give that, give him quotes. Um, I guess I just don't know what, what's, I, we're getting into a conflict of interest and things that, that I should be talking about, I think. But like, what are the, what are the wrestling media outlets that, that would be good candidates for this? For, for giving on the record comment too. Well, I would think that it ultimately is, you know, the, I think from a PR perspective, if you're WWE or AEW, it is first of all, having the belief that it is of value to us to have that kind of transparency with our audience and therefore going to your sites that are going to be your both high volume and also ones that you, you know, are of, of a certain level that, that are very re- respected. A, a fight. It, it requires uh, the PR departments of WWE and AEW to be discerning about wrestling media and feeling that, that need to have that. And I guess from a selfish standpoint, you're certainly always going to covet like that, like some degree of transparency. And I'm not stating that, okay, you have to just like open the books to us if you're AEW, but I do feel there's a lot of stories. And you mentioned this, the fact that these stories get out, that they would be so easy to rectify if you had that kind of um, ability to, put something out there that is that is both accurate and can curb a lot of stories before they get out of the gate and and run afoul of people. And, and the other issue I raised was, well, why, if you have a Twitter account, 
or you have a, an, an Instagram account, you can make comments on record at any time. So I would love people to, to, you know, give John Pollock, John, everybody should give John Pollock comments on record, by the way. But like, what, what's the incentive when you have in your pocket all, all the on, on the record access that you want? It's not like it was, you know, pre-social media where it was hard unless, you know, unless you're in front of a, a media outlet or on television or something like that. It was hard to get a public message out there. That's not the case today. What do you feel your, access yourself would benefit if, if it was, if you were reaching out and you are Brandon Thurston from Sports Illustrated, if you're Brandon Thurston from, you know, like a a legacy outlet and how much that, um, helps you as well. I think it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, I mean, I did an article once for Vice Media, uh, Motherboard, um, and it was about the W, about a W network survey or something. And like, if I was just writing for WrestleNomics, which, you know, I, I wasn't doing that at, to this level at the time, but it, but it was because I was writing for Vice, which was a more recognizable brand name. I mean, it's it's not even I would say it's not even the, the you know Sports Illustrated, um, but but I was able to get a comment out of WB because of that, and they definitely weren't going to do that if I was writing for a wrestling news site. Yeah, I mean that you know for years I think has been the like a WWE you know very indoctrinated decision is that when there, when there is an arrest, when there is you know a significant story, like they more often than not are not going to comment on the record, sometimes even with, with larger outlets. But if ever something is going to come out, you are going to see it on a TMZ or a New York post or something of that level. Uh, but more often than not, I feel if they believe it's a wrestling contained story, there is not going to address it. And it's going to, we're just going to move on. Right. Is that the right strategy? I mean, I'm not like, asking this like with a strong opinion either way i'm just trying to observe what the incentives are you know like is that the right strategy if you want to contain bad bad press is that is that the right thing to do does does engaging with the wrestling media make it better well i think if we're being specific i think in in the grand scheme of things i think sadly i think there is merit to that strategy of you just plow through whatever negativity comes your way and the news cycle will sweep that story into the background but we also look at a story that in the larger scope of things we have covered it's not life and death this whole punk situation over the last year but it has hung over this company and just when you think they're slowly moving away from it it comes back with a vengeance and I think there are certainly uh, there's clearly um, that we have heard firsthand in the last week, like a frustration among people out there that th- there has not been enough of a clear indication. Like to, there, there is no even indication that this backstage incident occurred from the AEW side. Like they have not even stated that. And I think there is a line of confidentiality versus just not insulting your audience to such yeah. a degree that we won't even acknowledge this happened. It's it's I think it only goads your audience to want more and to seek more, yeah. including I mean, I, me I agree. as well. And, but and had many chances to, to comment on it. Many, many times he's been asked and he's apparently decided that that's what he wants to do. He just wants to avoid it altogether. And I don't think that that's served him well. If you go back to the the press conference and question it all out, part of that was when Nick Houseman was asking his question and Tony butts in on the Colt Cabana discussion and apologizes to Punk stating, I shouldn't have said no comment. Uh, or what was he, did he say at the time? I should have said no comment. I should have just no commented. Yeah, I think I think that was his, his question in and of yeah. itself. And perhaps that is, you know, an experience for him that, I mean, only backs up his belief of just 
don't address anything and it doesn't become a story. But I right. think over this last year, I think that strategy has been grading on people because they are at least enough aware to know that this is this is a strategy that is being um, executed in public. And the fact is, this is playing itself out on your television, whether you are aware or not. And it is both like you're building this show around this controversy in a roundabout way, while at the same time stating nothing to see here. This is nothing to even acknowledge. And yet so much of that attention on Saturday was because of this controversy and Punk's first words since then. Yeah, and, and I don't think either of us are saying that he should have a long talk and explain to us all of his thoughts and feelings and, and experiences surrounding the all-out fight. Um, but No, I'm just saying there's a wide gulf between... There's, but there's a modicum of a comment that he could have made because cl- clearly Punk is able to say say what he said in the ESPN article, which, again, is not a description of... It's not my side of the story of the fight, but the things that led up to it and then whatever. Um, and Kenny Omega has made, again, not... Not not a, a narrative of what happened, but he has made comments around the story uh, in a Rene Paquette interview. So clearly, Tony is not legally bound. Whether there's legal liability, I suppose, is a different question. But clearly, if if they can say the say if they can have comments to the extent that they have, I would think certainly Tony could. That's all this thing needs is a is a lawsuit to uh, attach to it. All right. Uh, we are going to wrap things up, but, uh, thanks to everybody, uh, for, for joining us here. Uh, we've got DJ Convoy, this WWE comment on backstage fights. Um, they have, if we're going back a long ways, but when the infamous Hartford fight happened between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, um, they addressed it on the air on raw the very next week, actually. And, uh, did state it on, on camera. Now, um, the fact is, I think that, had this been a backstage incident between these parties and everyone was back to TV and it was, you know, a statement came out or, or not. I think that the fact that like, there is something to be said about the fact that there were repercussions that came out of this, there were suspensions and it had such a massive effect on the company in the months falling, uh, coming out of it. Um, I, I don't know if we have like, um, a great example of that in WWE, at least over the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, if, the, the 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 factors here are that it was the tops it was many of the top stars including the top star of the company there were suspensions um, at least some of them are in employee status our executives are literally executive vice presidents uh, of the company and you vacated the titles the next day and, and didn't offer any additional explanation uh, maybe maybe something else could have been said in addition yeah I'm thinking of Jericho and Lesnar had their their skirmish at uh, at SummerSlam yeah. a few years ago. That comes to mind. It was a way back. Sin Cara and Simon Gotch got into a. That's right. Fist, yes, three fist fight was, yeah. was still real. I don't know. Anyway. Well, Brandon, uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend. So again, WrestleNomics still going live this Sunday morning. And then Brandon will be uh, jumping into the WrestleNomics mobile and uh, coming up to Toronto for Forbidden Door. Yes. And, uh, and no stop in Hamilton for, for Brandon. So if you, uh, may, maybe you can wave to him from your, uh, your Hamilton estate as he zips by to get back to yes. Buffalo as soon as possible on, on Monday. You're, you're going home Monday? I'm, I'm going home after the press conference. Oh boy. That's a, that's a long day for you as it will be uh, for all of us. So you can follow 
Patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. And on our side of the fence, we will be live tonight at 10 Eastern after Rewind to Dynamite, where I think we will be doing a lot of rewinding and a lot of recapping of what goes on on a very busy show. And then we are doing the double shot immediately after Dynamite on PostWrestlingCafe.com. Tonight, we're chatting about what happened to Doink the Clown, the episode from Tuesday night covering Matt Bourne. So that will be the original Doink the Clown. So uh, quite the episode to uh, discuss and dissect. So you can join us for that. And uh, Brandon and I will be back next week. Guest to be determined. It's, uh, it's always nice when people are reaching out to you, Brandon, to uh, to, to come on the show. So we're, we're, we're starting to gain that influence among people where they, the people they, they come to, to us. Makes the booking a whole lot easier. They're reaching out to you. Um, yes, but by extension, you, especially if you have a history with these people. So that helps too. Okay. On that cryptic note, we will say goodbye (laughs) for Brandon Thurston. I am John Pollock. Thank you to Dave Meltzer for joining us. And that is Pollock and Thurston. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.